Welcome to CPAC's Today in Politics. It's Monday, June 19th. I'm Julie Van Dusen. Here are the big political stories we're talking about today. What to watch out for in today's federal by-elections. We have a conservative leader now in Pierre Poilievre who's peddling a brand of really unvarnished conservatism compared to what his predecessors have done. His predecessors have all tried to pivot towards the middle. Poilievre has not really done that. Uh, so we're going to get a look at whether or not this kind of unvarnished conservatism is winning over People's Party of Canada supporters. The impact of the Paul Bernardo prison transfer on Marco Mendicino's political future. Madam Speaker, this government likes to deny their role in the transfer of killer Paul Bernardo from a maximum security prison to a medium security prison. But in fact, it's them who are responsible. And the showdown in New Brunswick over changes to school LGBTQ policies at schools. We have a lot of strong personnel in our in our caucus as I think is well evident and um, along with that become uh, you know very hardline positions taken from many and you know you could include me in that as well so I'm now joined by Rob Russo who's uh, the former bureau chief of the CBC television he used to boss me around sometimes not anymore it's great we all know nobody bossed you around doing that's impossible <laughs> well, nobody was tried. capable of it you tried, yeah. but <clears throat> I'd run away and go, la, 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 talk to somebody else. Anyway, so let's talk about these by-elections, because that's very, very interesting. And there's four of them, two in Manitoba, one in Ontario, one in Quebec. Let's start with Portage, Lisger in Manitoba. And that's really interesting, because that's where Maxime Bernier, the head of the People's Party, former Conservative cabinet minister, uh, former leadership candidate who lost Andrew Scheer, uh, he's he's running to try to win that seat now. What's going on there? Uh, overarching themes. There's there's so many of them that are that are interesting threads we could pull on. Uh, you know, we have a conservative leader now in Pierre Poilievre who's who's um, peddling a brand of really unvarnished conservatism compared to what his predecessors have done. His predecessors have all tried to pivot towards the middle. Poilievre has not really done that. Uh, so we're going to get a look at whether or not this kind of uh, unvarnished conservatism is winning over uh, uh, People's Party of Canada supporters. And who's the candidate in Portage Lister? Well, it happens to be the leader of the People's Party of Canada. And who is that? That's a fellow named Maxime Bernier, who just a few scant years ago almost won the Conservative Party leadership. We, we, we forget Maxime Bernier was the front runner. He was the guy who was supposed to be the conservative leader and got pipped on like a uh, like a 20th ballot or something by, by Andrew Scheer. Uh, so it, it's it's really uh, the struggle for the soul of small C conservative Canada is happening in, in Portage uh, Lister. And and it's it's been a bizarre campaign. Uh, Bernier's attacked sexual education in schools. He's He's denied links between climate change and wildfires. He's blamed mass immigration for the high housing pr uh, pr prices and talked about trans youth as mentally confused children. Uh, so it's 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 been a kind of a wacky campaign. And what's the club that the conservatives have used to beat up Maxime Bernier? It's the World Economic Forum, right? <laughs> so they they've lampooned his his uh, his denials of attending the Gab Fest in in, in Davos. Uh, so it's it's almost like they're living in a parallel community or, or a parallel universe in in. Uh, but in how Portage. is the World Economic Forum a thing in Portage Lisgar? Well, of course, there there is a string of uh, conspiracy theorists who who believe that the world is actually run by the cabal 
who, who go there and unleash these great gusts of wisdom in closed settings in the Alps uh, in Switzerland. Um, it, it's a thing. It's a thing. Uh, and a, a lot of people, a surprising number of people, believe that the world is being run by these people and, and we, we need to, to get out from under the yoke of, of the, uh, the great reset. Right. Mm. Uh, and, and, and that's a, a bizarre kind of thing. But, but more importantly, this is Pierre Poiliev's chance to show that he can, as he keeps telling his caucus, bring it home, bring home the conservative vote that left the CPC to go the, go to the PPC. And if he can do that, let's not forget, you know, that four or five percent of the vote went PPC last time. If he can bring that vote back. Compared, uh, compared to the 33, 34% they've had in the last few elections, that's very close to majority government for conservatives. So uh, it, it's it's important for him to squash the candidacy of Maxime Bernier right now. And he has to, at, at a minimum, he has to keep Bernier below the 20 or 22% level that the last PPC candidate got in Portage Lisco. That's why that one's important. Yeah. So, I mean, it's funny that the World Economic Forum is is um, making people turn their backs on Maxime Bernier. Like, do they forget that he left, you know, cabinet documents at his girlfriend's house, Julie Cuillard, back in, I think it was 2008, and she had ties to the biker underworld? That doesn't matter. But the fact no, that he went no. to the World Economic Forum. Um, so anyway, this is that's a very interesting race to watch. And it's been very ugly there. And uh, it's, it's apparently very hard to poll. The pollsters are saying because there's such a large Mennonite population that don't have cell phones and, and don't trust authority in general. So that'll be one to watch tonight for sure. So let's go on to uh, where Mark Garneau was um uh, an MP for years, and that is uh, Notre Dame du. Let's see, what is the name of that writing now? Rob? Notre Dame de Grasse Westmount. Notre Dame de Grasse Westmount, and right. uh, that apparently should stay liberal, but there's some undercurrents of discontent amongst the Anglophones over Bill 13. But uh, so, what's happening in that writing? Yeah, this is this is usually where um, uh, liberal royalty comes from. And it's about as safe a liberal seat in Canada as you can get. Who was one of the MPs from Westmount? Well, it was a guy named Pierre Trudeau, and he did okay in politics, from from what we recall. Uh, and Mark Garneau, when he was recruited, was considered a huge, huge star. Um, and and uh, and what's he saying? He's saying, Mr. Garneau is saying that the uh, there's a bit of overreach going on with the. Uh, the federal liberals' attempts, as well as the Quebec, uh, uh, Quebec um, uh, government under Mr. Legault, their attempt to protect the French language, and so the the, uh, the conscription uh, of minority rights uh, in in uh, in Quebec has become a bit of an issue there. But again, Montreal and liberal royalty is is uh, is personified in the liberal candidate in this riding, a woman named Anna Ganey former president of the Liberal Party of Canada, married to uh, uh, to Mr. Tom Pitfield, close friend of, of Justin Trudeau, also the daughter of former Montreal Canadiens great Bob Ganey. Uh, so, so there's all kinds of royal bloodlines running there. It would be a stunner if the Liberals lost this one. I did notice that, uh, that uh, the Prime Minister Justin Trudeau was campaigning in this riding. Um, so doing everything he can to make sure Anna Ganey goes over the top it's also noteworthy 
for the fact that Green Party co-leader uh, Jonathan Petno is running uh, in this in this riding as well, uh, and might benefit from a bit of, uh, of, of the language wars that are going on again. I wouldn't say language wars, more of a language battle. Um, so a, a stunner if it goes anything but liberal, but one to watch to see if, if the Green Party can increase their vote. Right, right. Well, they say that approximately 44% of the riding um, is made up of Anglophones. So it's got a large Anglophone population and they're very ticked off in general uh, about what they see as their eroding right. So you never know, there could be some little protest vote, but enough to topple Anna Ganey. I mean, that's hard to say. I mean, Mark Garneau, I was looking at it, he won the riding last time by more than 15,000 votes. So, <clears throat> okay, so now Oxford in uh, Ontario, that's interesting because Dave McKenzie, the Conservative MP who held it for a long time, he's totally turned his back on his party and he's he is supporting the Liberal candidate. So that's a bit of a mess there. It is. It's, it, uh, there's, there's a Tory um, family squabble going on there, uh, in part because uh, uh, Mr. McKenzie um, was supporting his daughter for the nomination. She was um, beaten by a fellow named Arpan Kana, who worked on Poiliev's leadership campaign. I think he chaired the uh, Mr. Poiliev's Ontario campaign uh, in the, during the leadership. But but still, uh, I, again, this is this is a, a, a riding that conservatives win and win and win. The only time that the liberals have ever won this riding, there were a couple of times, and that's when the conservative party was divided. So we, we have decades and decades of uh, conservative voting here. I would be stunned if that uh, if that didn't continue as well. But there, there will be some bad feelings here. But. You know, this is a chance for, for Mr. Poiliev to say, it's my party. I own it. I'm going to run it the way I want to run it. I'm going to run the candidates I want to run. Um, and uh, I, again, I'd be very, very surprised. It would be a huge surprise if this wasn't a big conservative win. Right. So another one to watch, though, for sure. And <clears throat> um, I guess just Finally, I guess one we we probably expect will go liberal is the Winnipeg riding that was held by the late Jim Carr. His son is running there. Yeah, for me, this is, I think, the most interesting um, race nationally. I mean, by-elections tell us a great deal. They, they tell us about trends. The, the other ones are, are kind of all kind of have local issues going on. This is the one that if you're looking for national uh, trends, this one would tell you. Uh, the Liberals traditionally win Winnipeg South Centre, uh, and they they won it big. They they won it. I, I think uh, the late the late Jim Carr won it by by about uh, seventeen point seventeen percentage points uh, in, in twenty twenty one, and the Conservative had about twenty seven percent of the of, of the vote compared to forty four for Jim Carr. Uh, now, Mr. Carr's son Ben Carr is running this time. But this riding has gone conservative. It went conservative in 2011 when Stephen Harper formed a majority government. If Mr. Poiliev uh, um, is, is uh, serious when he says that he can bring in a majority government, this is one that they at least have to be competitive in. I, I would say that if he didn't come in with, with uh, you know, a higher score in, in terms of support than, than uh, Aaron O'Toole did, when he was leader of the, the party in this riding, so higher than 27%, then some questions are going to be asked because this is a kind of uh, close suburb seat that Pierre Poiliev 
has to do better in if he's going to form a government. Okay, so all of that happens tonight. The polls close at 9.30, so we won't know for a while, but it'll be fun to watch. And back to the House of Commons, this is the final week before the summer recess. And there's two big issues that we have to tie in a bow by the end of the week. One is the Mendocino being on the hot seat over the Bernardo transfer. So basically, where do you see that going this week? Well, uh, look, anytime you see a prime or, or a minister's butt on television, you know that minister's in trouble. Okay. And what did we see last week? We saw the back of a minister running away from reporters who are clamoring for answers. Oh, I see. You're using this figuratively. I was thinking, what what did I miss here? Okay, so you mean him running away. Yes, absolutely. Do you remember remember Paul Martin running away from reporters? Oh, my God. At the the Constellation Hotel. I remember racing down the escalator after him. God, that was so much fun. Whenever you see the back of a, of, a, of a minister, you know that minister's in trouble. And we yeah. saw the back of that minister. The, the thing about, about Minister Mendicino is that, that he has, has had a pretty rough year and a half, right? Like he, he's, had, he's had to go back and remake uh, some gun legislation. He's had some holes poked uh, in, in his uh, explanation for bringing in the Emergencies Act. Uh, he's become a target over the government's uh, handling of, of, uh, of foreign interference in our elections. And, and Trudeau himself it was given a chance last week to defend Mr. Mendocino, and he, he kind of ho-hummed and, and, and ducked the question. So again, you, you put these things in all, all together, seeing the butt of a minister and then, and then having the prime, prime minister not defend him, and it's generally not a good sign. Now, do, do prime ministers like to give scalps of ministers up to the opposition when they're paying for it? No. no. I'd be very, very surprised if Mr. Mendicino lost his job. I don't think he will. Could there be a cabinet shuffle? That's a possibility. But is there, is there anything, anything as ripe as cabinet shuffle over the summer? I mean, right. every, every June, every June as we're about to break, we hear about cabinet shuffles. Uh, and if they happen, they usually happen because of personal circumstances, somebody retiring, somebody's right. ill, somebody ra- rather than the bang for blood by the opposition. Um, so it's possible. So I guess he shuffle, just I don't think he, he has to off. kind of ride out this week, try not to run away. And uh, or, you know, who knows? Maybe it's like maybe he's going to have a bad cold and can't come to Parliament for the last four days. Who knows? Right. And, but, and make sure that his butt is not seen on camera. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. No, no, yeah, that's what you have to avoid. So uh, let's talk about just briefly here, Chinese interference, because that was handed over to the opposition after David Johnson stepped down and it was, okay, what, what can you come up with? Well, they have four days before Parliament recesses. Have they come up with anything? No, I, I imagine that everybody in this town and maybe people across the country who are eminent, like you, Julie, were screening their phone calls to make sure that if a PMO showed up, uh, that, uh, that, they, that they didn't respond. It's going to be very, very difficult to find somebody to replace Mr. Johnson. Uh, let's, you know, they've said that a public inquiry is, is still on the table. Um, I, I think if they don't do it, in the next week, they're going to be testing, uh, focus grouping, polling to see whether or not they need to go ahead with this or whether or not this is an issue that will abate. 
um, because there are other issues that are that are coming to to the fore. Uh, you know, interest rates have gone up. I think three times uh, in in terms of mortgage rates. Not not the interest rate. Mortgage rates have gone up three times in the last uh, four weeks, according to my banker. So uh, there there is a, a bit of a squeeze happening in housing. Uh, already a sector that that's a hot one for for any government. Um, we'll see if the government is going to is put their finger to the wind and figure out if this is still an issue that they're going to be hammered on over the summer. Um, but uh, I, I can't imagine anyone who would be anxious to take this on. They're probably asking people and not getting a lot of takers. So Julie, watch that phone of yours. <laughs> okay, I'll make sure to uh, do call screening for sure. Um, so we haven't left much time for Blaine Higgs and the kind of revolt he's facing in New Brunswick. But I think we should just touch on it for uh, a minute or so to say that's something yeah. to watch. So what's going on there in New Brunswick? Well, you know, like economic growth is a worry across the country. I'm sure it's a worry in, in New Brunswick. Uh, inflation is eating away at uh, New Brunswickers' paychecks. Forest fires are filling the air we breathe with smoke that chokes us out. It obscures the sun. And what is the issue that tears apart the Higgs government of New Brunswick? It's pronouns and gender identification. Uh, and why I, And why is it in, uh, something that we need to pay attention to? Because this is an issue that has spilled over from the United States that that uh, conservatives are, are, are using in the United States and liberals, I would say, as well, to wedge away voters, to, to try uh, conservatives to try to get the support of parents uh, and 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 liberals to try to get these the support of uh, in particular urban voters. So what's the poll? What's the controversy about in New Brunswick? The, the legislature has uh, kind of reviewed changes to what's called policy 713, which establishes minimum standards for schools to ensure a safe, welcoming environment for LGBTQ uh, students. Uh, and among the changes uh, was uh, a, de a debate as to whether or not students should now get their parents' permission to have teachers and staff use their chosen names and pronouns. Uh, and and Mr. Higgs, said that they, they should, that anybody under 16 has to get their parents' permission. And that's caused six ministers and a couple of backbench uh, MLAs to, uh, to, to uh, like boycott a, a meeting uh, or a sitting of the legislature to show their displeasure. And one minister has quit. Um, so Ms. Mr. Higgs has threatened them with an election mm. if, uh, if, if that continues. Um, but I, I think we need to watch it because this is one of those issues that has come over the border from the United States. Uh, and we've seen it at local areas in Vaughan, north of Toronto, uh, another battleground area. Um, and we should watch for this kind of issue to be exploited by both the left and the right. And we know that because the prime minister himself has become involved in the issue. Right. That's exactly it. He said that kids need to feel safe, not targeted by politicians, and that there's angry, hateful rhetoric on the rise. So, so yeah. Again, with all of these other things going on in the yes, country, I know. The, the leaders are weighing in on this issue because they know it wedges votes and we should watch for it. Okay, well, so let's see what... You know where the week goes. We'll be watching those by-elections tonight, and uh, I'll talk to you soon, Rob. That's Rob Russo, political analyst and former CBC Parliamentary Bureau Chief. Now, let's take a look at what political columnists, commentators, and editorialists are saying today. In the Toronto Star, Thomas Walcom writes, 
Logically, the war between Russia and Ukraine has nothing to do with Canada. But that has not deterred the bully boys in the Canadian government. They are banging the drums of war and will be heard. Where there is no provocation, one will be created. Thus, the Canadian government has seized a Russian transport plane, whose only crime was to be caught flying legally in Canadian airspace. The transport is to be sold off with all the proceeds earmarked for the Ukrainian government. In normal times, a saw-off over such a dispute would be heard by an independent panel. But this is not a normal dispute. In Canada's war, and we're thrilled to be playing a part, in fact, we are so thrilled that we are doing things that don't make much sense. At National Newswatch, Louis-Alexandre Lantier argues we must keep protecting our rights to keep progressing. He writes, too many times in our collective human history, we have witnessed human rights being taken away and we have stayed silently in shock about what was going on. We cannot stay silent anymore. COVID may have forced us over the last few years to concentrate on our own circle of friends and family, but it has also given strength to a group of people who are looking to disturb our society and restrict what should be accepted. We need to make ourselves better. We need to accept our different cultures, accept how we live and who we love. This is how we keep building a country for the future. Now, here's what's coming up on today's political agenda. The Prime Minister will be in Halifax, Nova Scotia, to visit a local fire station and meet with firefighters. He will be joined by the Minister of Emergency Preparedness, Bill Blair, and the Minister of Immigration, Refugees, and Citizenship, Sean Fraser. In the afternoon, he will meet with the Premier of Nova Scotia, Tim Houston, and in the evening, the Prime Minister will deliver remarks at the Atlantic Economic Forum. Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland will attend question period. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh will take questions from reporters before participating in question period. Innovation Minister François-Philippe Champagne will make an announcement about sustainable aviation at the Paris Air Show in Paris, France. And Veterans Affairs Minister Lawrence McCauley will announce the selected design for the National Monument to Canada's mission in Afghanistan. That's CPAC Today in Politics for Monday, June 19th. Tune into Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. I'm Julie Van Dusen. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.